Spoilers! 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 So many spoilers! There's spoilers! Go ahead. Haircut. I have to write that down. Fat. Fat Thor. No? Oh. Yo. This looks like you might have known. Are you kidding? I'm working. I'm in the middle of an interrogation. This moron is giving me everything. I just... Look, you can't pull me out of this right now. Or you can compromise. Let me put you on hold. Why shouldn't the guy let off a little steam? You know damn well why. Back, back off. Oh, I'm starting to want you to make me. Big, Big man in a suit of armor. Take that off. What are you? Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. I know guys with none of that worth attending to you. I've seen the footage. The only thing you really fight for is yourself. You're not going to make a sacrifice play. To lay down a wire with the other guy crawl over you? I think I would just cut one. It's the movie everyone is mostly talking about. The end of an era, the end of 22 movies, the end of a phase. And we laughed, we cried, and we critiqued. It is the Avengers Endgame recap. As was said multiple times throughout this, the word spoiler. This is going to be a spoiler-filled review of Avengers Endgame. Welcome to Agree or Disagree, the podcast. My name is Kevin Olenek. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at K-E-V-O-L-E. You can subscribe on all podcast platforms on iTunes and Spotify. You can find me as a friend on Facebook at Kevin Olenek. Like Agree or Disagree, the podcast on Facebook. And also, you will be listening to this on PowerCast 979. Uh, with me, uh, as oh, we did the Avenger game, you may remember we did the Avengers Endgame preview, so we are back together to, as we have now all watched it, and uh, joining me first is, we've been through all the previews, bottom line views, Mitch Milani, how's it going? Why'd you have to make me cry in the opening, Kev? Well, you know, that's how what, what I do, is I bring emotion to the table here so you know 
that uh, that's what I do. That's should, should be fun. Yes. Uh, writers, Lita Lohan joining me as well. How's it going? It's good. I'm very excited. Yes. And actor Jennifer Kazan. How's it going? It's going good. I felt very insincere. How's it like? How's it good? Like, that sounds so robotic. You guys all doing okay? Is everyone okay? Did you have a good day? It was a gorgeous day. It was a very gorgeous day. It was a very gorgeous day. Second time talking to you, so not so good. Uh, it's I, that's, <laughs> no, it's an excellent. That's that's probably the best part of your day. And we've only slept four hours a night since I last saw you. So oh, well, that's, why? Well, that's what I do. I bring emotion out of people, and I make people not sleep. Right? Is that it? Yeah, totally. It's all your fault. It's all my fault. <laughs> so yes, uh, we are going to uh, recap. Uh, probably there were two big things that were talked about this weekend. Of course, it was the big episode of Game of... I, I, actually, it's funny. I think that there's an interesting, not super symmetry, but it was fascinating because we'll, we'll have to talk about two really well-done battle scenes. Of course, with Game of Thrones, a 90-minute something that I think if people are actually needing therapy for, and then we'll... But the other one was the box office smash that I think everyone was expecting Avengers Endgame to be. Um, and kind of, I guess we'll start with kind of how, get kind of a, in general, um, what was the crowd like? Like what, when you went, maybe we'll start there. Mine was interesting. I think it, it varied from excitement cheering, clapping to dead silence. I don't know if that was the same for you guys, but a lot of variation in terms of the response to what was going on on the screen. I think some moments that I thought might get a bigger response didn't necessarily get that response. And some moments that I didn't think would get much of a response did get a response. So it was everywhere. Well, I'm in Vancouver, so people were dead. <laughs> the audience was I was like gasping and and even I think I kind of like made a like sort of like like noise and uh, the audience seemed to be very um, numb uh, shocked shocked into silence when did you go uh, Sunday 3 p.m. Okay. Yeah, because I saw it downtown Vancouver Thursday with Kevin, and our audience was pretty responsive. Yeah, yeah I saw it Friday, so. Yeah, it was interesting, because I, I saw it with Selena, and then I saw it with, with, with Jen as well. Uh, so I've seen it twice, because I'm a nerd. You're a traitor. I, I'm not a traitor. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to go Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, I'm going again on Thursday. <laughs> traitors! Yes. Traitors, all of you. No, uh, there wasn't, it was a... I was. It was interesting to hear the two crowd reactions. There was a couple of places where the crowds cheered at the same time. The laughter was pretty much all the same, but like the cheering was was very different. Um, I like the one moment where the only people cheering were women, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. I, the ladies, the yeah. ladies. Woo! We'll we'll get into that. <laughs> So how we're going to do this is we're going to go start from we're going to go from beginning to end. We're we're going to address a couple. Of, there were have, there were a couple of controversies in this movie. Uh, we'll, we're going to address that, um, and there were some really incredible moments here. And so we'll get into that. So we'll basically start from the beginning here. The opening scene is it was in the preview, which is 
fascinating because there was stuff that was in the trailer that did not make the movie, which was interesting. Um, and it's the scene where uh, uh, we see Hawkeye with his child, with his family. Uh, his he's there shoot his daughter is shooting, uh, trying to shoot the arrow, and uh, his wife Laura is making hot dogs. Um, is mayo on hot dogs really that big of a deal? I've never done it. I, I you know, Just disgusting, a disgrace. It was a disgrace to hot dogs everywhere. Apparently. It is a disgrace, yeah, and yeah. it works better on hamburgers. Yeah, it's, uh, fair. So, uh, but um, she uh, she shoots the arrow, and then he comes to see her, and then they are all gone. We see the little dust. That's how it starts. As Hawkeye is wandering around, and then we get into the next scene. It's basically, it's Tony Stark and Nebula. Um, I, I do want to spend some time talking about the Nebula because I think that the underrated factor, but they're playing a game. Uh, Tony's teaching her how to play flick soccer, uh, which was, <laughs> Nebula got all excited about it. Love her. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tony says it's, it's okay to have fun. They shake hands. And then Tony does the Pepper Potts um, speech, which part was in the trailer, but part was not, which was fascinating. And then we see Tony falls asleep. Nebula takes him to the to the to the front of the space station, puts on a jacket, and he's sleeping. And his mouth is red, which is foreshadowing to something. And then there's a light, and um, we see this light, he's dragged, and then we see Captain Marvel, uh, make her first appearance in the movie. Uh, there was a crowd cheer when Jen and I watched that. I don't know if any other crowd cheer was, was there, but there was certainly not the Sunday popular crowd did not cheer. Uh, but were we, what did you think there? My crowd response was more like, ooh, it wasn't like a cheer. It was like. Ooh, it's Captain Marvel, that sort of thing. It was fine. It was a good opening. I liked the way to start with Hawkeye because I think that's the character everybody everybody was upset. He wasn't in Infinity War, so I think it was smart to start off with him to see where he was at and then go from there to see why he's going to be involved in this movie. And then with the Iron Man thing... Important away from it was the fact that he got a super key thing. I thought that was a really nice add to have him on his deathbed by the time he got back. That was really cool. And of course, there were some good comedy moments. But yeah, I thought it was a solid way to start and kind of first hour and even up to two hours of what the movie was going to be like. Anyone else? really enjoyed the the Hawkeye thing uh that was a really moving opener for mm. sure mm. yeah it was a really really well done uh, I felt like so my biggest query not while I was watching it because I was on that journey of watching the film but my thoughts about it afterwards and maybe before were how are they going to structure a three-hour movie. How, you know, because normally screenplays have really patented, predictable structures. And even no matter how innovative you are within that 
storyline, the structure has to stand. And so I was curious how they're going to structure that. So for me, the beginning of giving you family and love and moments and loss, like that was genius. So Marvel takes down the spaceship. They're at the Avengers compound. Uh, there is Rhodey, Pepper Potts, Cap uh, Steve Rogers, and Natasha Romanoff uh, are all there, uh, and as well as Rocket the Raccoon, uh, they're all there. This was an interesting little dialogue. So uh, Stark is talking about how he had a way to do things. He wanted the Shield to sacrifice their freedoms, and we didn't didn't want to do that. Uh, he made a joke about, are we the pre-Avengers or are we the Avengers? Uh, he passes out. Um, here, everyone's trying to calm him down. Uh, and he's lying down for a little bit. And then Marvel decides. Uh, so Nebula explained, they, they're trying to figure out where Thanos is. This was in part not in the trailer. Um, was, was, or was... Partly in the trailer, not part of the trailer, was that conversation. Um, the we have the con the and then leads to the uh, that that scene where Thor grabs is pulls the axe in front of Marvel and says, "I like this one." Um, and then Marvel is off to wants to go and kill Thanos, but they all want to be a team. Uh, and then Nebula basically explains where Thanos is. So they're off to Thanos, uh, see Thanos. Thanos is just kind of all relaxed. Uh, uh, just relaxed in his own little planet. Uh, just doing his thing, doing his, his thanos Uh Then they all come in and they choke him down. They bring him down. They ask what happened with the stones. He says he's, he destroyed the stones. They cut off his arm, Thor. And then Thor does the famous thing where he cuts off his head he says I, I just cut off his head and he walks away uh i don't know i really that was another really good scene i thought just a really good traction of arguments of uh i i think i we were i was expecting a little bit more arrogance from captain marvel uh based on what the character was from the movie not arrogance but more not teeny and it was a nice little there was a nice unity there and I think it because of that it allowed un, us to understand the stakes and really feel for the characters there. And uh, I had to admit, though, I was like, so they already killed Thanos already? Yeah. Yeah. I was Love it. Okay, that shocked the heck out of me. I was like, what is going to happen? Yeah. How do they? How do they do this? And like, as soon as you saw Thor show up, you're like, oh, this guy's all business. He's he's just going for the head. And that one RDJ scene where he comes back, oh my god, that was great acting. That was a fantastic scene. And yeah, the, the good point on the Captain Marvel thing, I think it might have been better if they would have had her be like, because at the beginning she sort of shows up kind of arrogant and she's like, yeah, I'm just going to do this by myself. You know, I'm strong. I can do this, whatever. I'm going to go kill Thanos. It would have been kind of cool. I know that Thanos was already beat up because he had the second snap, so he was not really, like, powered up in any way or anything like that. But it, I think it would have been a better payoff if they would have had possibly her 
like get shut down by Thanos the first time and then possibly at the end of the film kind of learn to to play in in it and then that way get that payoff at the end but instead they kind of just love the mix and she did like what she was supposed to do mm. I don't know I feel like there was growth there personally I have two points points uh completely separately the two things you said there on the whole uh Thanos dying right away and it being really shocking yeah. you know, there was an easter egg in a bunch of theaters where uh, theaters were just printed, printed the start time and the end time had the movie only screening for 19 minutes <laughs> and that's when Thanos dies <laughs> makes sense uh, yeah, because from there like this is the thing about this movie is like you don't know coming into the movie how they're going to place everything this is the most anticipated movie i've been to that i had no idea what the plot was going to be like but on the captain marvel thing what i was going to say is she's never shown an inability to work with the team she just has strong opinions of how she thinks she should go about things, and if you disagree with her, she's going to go with her own plan. But when you're following her plan, she goes with it. She doesn't. I just think, like, out. because she's never been a part of a team, I think it would have been interesting to see her grow. That's all I'm saying. She was a uh, she was a part of a team on Krill. Do you want the movie to be four hours long? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then this was interest. This was really interesting because I, I think, uh, and I, this was how the Russos understood their audience. This is this was really well done because the next moment is we, we fade to black, and the next moment is five, and then there's this long pause because and years later, and then we so we're back into this world. It's that that role played. Uh, we see Steve Rogers is in a support group. Uh, the, that's the character is played by Joe Russo. I believe it's Joe Russo. It's one of the directors anyway, Anthony or Joe Russo. Yeah, I think it's Joe. Yeah, it was Joe, uh, I th- playing, um, explaining that he was out with someone and, uh, he cried at a salad bar and he, uh, his date cried at a salad bar. He cried at dessert. They didn't know what to talk about. Again, kind of establishing a real, it's a really subtle way to establish the world that they were in. Uh, then next we see Natasha Romanoff. Uh, she's uh, kind of in the Nick Fury role, which I was sort of speculating would be at the end. It was like it came now, um, and Captain Marvel, Rocket, uh, Neb- Nebula, Rhodey, and um, and everyone was there. And um, crap, I can't remember her name from Black Panther. She was there too. Um, Can I just say how much I appreciated that, like, I I didn't see this coming either, that they did the five-year time jump, because that made a lot of progression happen at the beginning of the movie that I thought was going to happen at the end. Yeah. That, yeah, I, that came out of nowhere. They've never done anything even close to that. Yeah. I do have I a, do got to ask, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, is still in high school. I was going to bring that up. We were, <laughs> we were going to, well, I'll bring that up in a little, yeah. There, Conveniently, everybody, everybody. Yeah. All of his friends are going to be All of his game. friends were all snapped. Yeah, yeah, I agree on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Yeah, Doctor Strange had gray hair. Anyway, uh, so anyway, Romanoff is, is, sends everyone off to do their thing. and But Rhodey sends back and says he, Ronan is killing. They use the word, he Burton's killing, uh, as out killing people. He is basically, uh, basically turned into quite a vigilante. Uh, 
Romov says, just keep an eye on him. Uh, Steve Rogers comes back. Um, and so they have that conversation. Then we flip to San Francisco and we see, uh, basically the same scene that ended, that was the end credit scene of Ant-Man and the Wasp. A rat is, uh, walking around and presses a button and Scott Lang comes out. Um, it was actually Mickey Mouse confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> Mickey Mouse confirmed. Yes. Uh, awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and um, this okay. I, I want to spend some time. We can talk about this because I really enjoyed this 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 scene. This is Scott Lang has been away for five years, which has really helps establish that timeline of what Scott Lang. Because Scott Lang was in the quantum realm and he did not realize what happened. Uh, and he so he's seeing his all the bodies. He's looking for his daughter. Um, and he sees his name, and he's like, what? And then he runs, and uh, there's a nice cameo from Ken Jeong and being the security guy. Um, didn't have any lines, but it was a really funny moment. Uh, then he sees his name, and then he goes to the door, knocks on the door, and it's his daughter, but all grown up. Uh, it was a really touching moment. Um, apparently, she uh had to go through school and go through growth spurts, which Tom Holland did not. Anyway, what I don't know about that. Uh, Ant-Man is never better in this movie. Like, this is the best he's ever been. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Then we see Scott knock on the door of uh, the the compound, and this, this, is, this was in the previews. Roger says this. Steve Rogers asks, is this now or is this later? And it was like now. And they talk about the time travel idea. And they say, well, how does this work? Uh, what My favorite line is, have you studied, studied quantum theory? And Romanoff answers, just for, for, for conversation. Which I thought was, was just great. <laughs> and then they decide they need a, a different brain. And we see Tony, so we go to the, we see this porch and Tony Stark comes out. He goes into the, um, he goes into find something, call someone out, does a little clap, and out comes his little daughter, Morgan, in an Iron Man hat. That was really cute. Uh, um, and uh, they, uh, Rogers and Romanoff and Scott Lang are there talking about the importance. It was This was really an interesting tension, too, because really the snap did not hurt Tony Stark. He had, he got his family, he got everything he wanted. He's living a life of comfort. Um, he really doesn't. 100% when I saw that, I was completely certain that whatever they were going to do was going to make his daughter not exist anymore. Yeah. That was the whole, I was like, Oh, this is really interesting. This is a, Kev, re- I think it was a hundred percent intentional because like, with Iron Man, his whole story has been like, does he choose to be the hero or does he choose to be the selfish guy that, he's, yeah, yeah. that he used to be, right? Yeah. So, like, they put him in that circumstance of he could have everything he wants and stay home and just do his thing, but then he can't be the hero. That's, 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 that's why I definitely thought his his kid was going to get erased in the events. Well, that's why I same, but why I thought he was going to have to bite it because that was too good. Like it was too perfect. It was so good. I yeah. want that life. Yeah. Um, so they have the debate, uh, and then you know it's it's night times. Tony starts doing things. He's doing dishes. 
he sees a picture of Happy and Peter Parker, all smiles. Of course, Parker was part of the snap. He goes downstairs and just says, ah, what the heck, can you try this thing? And lo and behold, he solves time travel. You know, I, it's, you know, <laughs> day, by the way, I just, it's just Tuesday, you know, <laughs> he solves time travel. <laughs> um, and then, back in time. Uh, and, but they have the debate, they, they have that very debate you guys are talking about. I can just sit and, and put this away or I can do something about it. Um, and we're left to kind of think a little bit about more what happens. Uh, the really crucial line was by Pepper too. It's like, you couldn't rest if you, if you didn't do it or something. Yeah. Something to that degree. Yeah. And it was, and it was also my biggest failure is not trying to continue is, is one of my few, or one of my few failures in life is not trying to continue. Yeah. Well, that's how I, again, knew that it was going to be his story to end because in again in script and writing the uh the hero's call to action he always must first refuse mm. before he goes to the call to the action so i was like oh Tony. <laughs> yeah. so they need a bigger they decided they need a bigger brain and we kind of predicted that this would happen so the next scene is a bunch of food Scott Lang, Steve Rogers, and Tasha Romoff are with Bruce Banner, and he looks like the Hulk with glasses and a Gap sweater. <laughs> and uh, Davin. Yeah, quite a dapper little little Professor Hulk. He explains that he combined, which I think was a great way to kind of end the Hulk. It sort of ended the Hulk story. The Hulk journey was all about, uh, and they, they do address this a little bit later on, which we'll get into, but... Uh, they uh, sort of his whole tension about avoiding or getting rid of the Hulk. He found a way to combine it, which was which was neat, and it it, uh, it really played well within the movie. I thought. I honestly felt like it was perfect the way they did it, but until the end where they didn't let him Hulk out. Like I really, it's been a while since we've seen him Hulk out in an action scene. We kind of need to see it in this movie, and we didn't get to see it. That's like the one flaw with the Hulk that I feel like they should have done something with him in, in the big fight scene. Especially because in Infinity War, he basically didn't fight at all. Oh, good point. But you know what? I, I, I think that the one thing was is, is it felt like ban- there was more Banner than Hulk, I think, at the end of the day. It was what we – Banner was the key, not Hulk. And the Hulk was in, was part of who Bruce Banner was. Yeah, but I don't know, because in Infinity War, like, his whole thing is, like, he doesn't get to fight Thanos at the end, and he's, he's trying, and he feels like he lets down his team because the Hulk isn't there to fight, and at the end of the day, he still doesn't fight. But he like, kind of explains that in this point, because he says, like, you didn't let everyone down. Natasha says, you never let everyone down, and he said, but I blamed myself, because I didn't get it done. I don't know. I just feel like they could have added that scene. I don't know. It's hmm. like just change the way he's involved in the fight. Maybe, maybe he because of the 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 radiation that he receives from the glove, he hulks out. Or maybe because when he's lifting up that thing to save Rocket, he hulks oh, yeah. out. Like do something. Like hmm. I don't know. I I've missed that. It's been a while since we've seen it. Hmm. Right. Plus, also, where does he get those huge cotton shirts? <laughs> big, big and tall. Yeah, big and tall. Big and tall. 
I, I don't know. I kind of like that he didn't Hulk out because his whole thing was he didn't want to be controlled by the Hulk anymore, too. Like, over over everything. Uh, he couldn't have romantic relationships. He couldn't be a person because he was scared of this thing inside of him all the time. But he and still can't. Like, who would get intimate with that? There are freaky people. <laughs> <laughs> Selena, you who live in Vancouver, asking about who would get intimate with <laughs> Even if he it didn't Hulk out, he could still have a bigger impact on the fight. I, I, he's the, I he's the Hulk. Fight as Banner. Ooh. To say, to show, like, yeah, he still has that strength, but when he's not hulking out, it can be used more effectively because he still has a brain. And yeah, or at least show how, like, his brain in the action, at least show how his brain now impacts the way he goes about fighting instead of just recklessly fighting yeah. people. But in a character, in a character, uh, like emphasizing on his character, it was a new character, right? So the the emergence yeah. of the two made for like a stubbly, a stubbly beglassed um, Hulk, like that was a different character from both. Yeah. Uh, so it's this time travel thing that we're talking about is outside of his expertise, uh, but they decide to try some things. So we see Scott Lang turn into a baby, an old man. <laughs> Uh, a young kid, uh, and then there's a great line. I, I think I'm not sure it was a baby, baby me, or old man me, or me me that did something in my pants. Uh, and then the car <laughs> races through, and it's Tony Stark doing his his comeback thing. Uh, Stark and Rogers have love a nice the Audi all Audi call yeah. callback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The nice little. What Audi did call. it say on the license plate? Oh, I didn't get yeah, to I was it. looking at that too. I it didn't said trans. Something I thought like is that what it said like, on the DeLorean? Because in the oh maybe because in the like Iron Man one I remember it's like Stark four or something like he always puts his last name on there. Yeah, but it wasn't, and then there were, below it it said trans something like I think that was from the DeLorean. Well, they did make some Back to the Future references in this movie, a few of them. So I do time travel without Back to the Future. Yeah. Even or, hot tub time machine. Right? And Bill and Ted's excellent venture, which they're making another one. Yeah. Yes, they are. Uh, so they they get into and there was a, the key line here is I just I I I want to save my family and want to do this without dying if at all possible. And they have their handshake. Uh, so they have finally Stark and Rogers have their reunion from Civil War. Really, uh, that was the touchback to that. Um, then, uh, from there, uh, they want to assemble a team. So we go to Asgard and Asgard looks a little different than what Asgard did before. Cause of course it was destroyed. We see Hulk in the back with rocket and we meet up with Valkyrie. And of course we talk about the guy that hasn't been out. He's not going to see you, uh, knock on the door who answers cable or cable. Um, and we see Jesus. Uh, I mean, we see Thor. Sorry, I was confused. Uh, we see Thor. We, uh, we see the dude. We see the big Lebowski. The man. big Lebowski. The and like super skinny. Where are you getting that from? <laughs> I thought, well, at first, I'm trying to get to the point that his face looked like Jesus. And then we get the back thing. The back. I wasn't thing. looking at his face. Oh yeah, because we were all looking at his his body. Now, okay. 
Well, we usually are with Thor, but for different reasons. Yes, it was a very different reason that we were looking at Thor's body. Uh, with quite a little bit of shock. Now, I did read some tweets and social media comments that there were some people really not happy with how Thor was portrayed. They felt that this was a very this was fat shaming. Uh, I could I could see it, but not not in a fat shaming way. I could see it in like a hard Thor fan way that he doesn't like get his redemption on Thanos in the end scene. He doesn't like because Thor is the most powerful character there is in the Marvel universe. Like he should be the one to beat Thanos. He should be the one that's you know destroying everybody. The sim- similar way in Infinity War. But from my perspective, I feel like this was great character growth. Because that's exactly what would happen. Be he would be destroyed. He would be like mentally incapable of going to battle or anything like that. Because he's lost so many people. Plus, he has basically the whole world on his mind because he let everybody down when he didn't go for the head. Yeah. Well, and the point, the points about the fat shaming and uh, all that. A lot of it was. Uh, that he went through something so monumental and his depression shows in an actual way that it does in a lot of people who get that depressed. He gained a bunch of weight and uh, became an alcoholic. And I, I found it a little, like, not odd because people are this way in real life, but once he did actually join the team, how it was just met kind of with awkward silence or an awkward joke whenever he was there. People really wanted to be like, stop drinking, man. You're killing yourself. But, uh, but isn't which, that real life? That is real life. <laughs> like, there were moments where it didn't work for me, but then there were other moments where it really worked. So I'm kind of like stuck in the middle because there I, were I moments with you. jokes that like, I was like, okay, this is like too much, but yeah. But I think, I loved it because, and as a plus size lady, I loved it. I thought because the emphasis has always been on his body. They are all body conscious. They are all focused on body. And but this was—he didn't like go. Okay, I'm ugly. He was like, you know, patting his belly and drinking more. Like it wasn't so much like about. Um, that there was any uh like pity for him being fat it yeah it was a comedy trope but it was i felt a necessary thing to take him down to human level Hmm. i'm kind of with you on that and i i didn't see anything that was out of like i could see that people were finding it rude but i didn't like rocket raccoon is rude like, this is a guy that stole an arm and an eye. And... I haven't seen any of that, Kev. <laughs> Where have you heard that? Heard what? That it was rude? That it was, like, fat shaming. I, all I've heard from other people is just, like, that they're they're mad because they love Thor the character the way Thor is. Uh, I've got, I, I found the fat shaming things, too. Really? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's low-hanging fruit, though, right? It's like, you're not getting it then, because his whole redemption arc had to be, if he was just this perfect, strongest, most um, vital character in the Marvel Universe, uh, he kills uh, Thanos, not in this film, but before, and it's done, and who cares, and nobody feels for him. We, he is now, like, he is now 
humbled and that was what I wanted to see in this film was how they were going to carry through Thor's storyline and for me it it was perfect because instead of being sexy instead of being you know so perfect and so such a winner this made him human yeah, I do agree with all of that. I think that they could have possibly put more emphasis on him during the battle because he is the one at the end of Infinity War that does basically go head-to-head with Thanos. And we didn't see a ton of that. Like, we saw more Captain America one-on-one with Thanos than we did Thor. I don't know why that was the choice because Thanos has more connection to Thor than America. He killed Loki, you know, he basically destroyed... And I, I don't know, they could have possibly had Thor more involved in the end than they did, but like in terms of the redemption, but I do agree with the reason why he becomes fat, the whole redemption stuff. I just, I don't know. They could have involved him a little bit more in the battle at the end. Yeah. Okay. But he's still six. Yeah. So we also see we see a video. There's there's a video game little tribute there. We see the return of Meek and Core from Ragnarok, um, who were just fantastic in that movie. They got surprising pops yeah. in the theater. Yeah, they, I, I think there was a pop in our Jen. I think there was a pop in ours for that one. I can't remember. Um, but uh then hulk basically says that you you were you know who was the one that helped me out when i was in my lowest he's like natasha no it was you uh rocket offers says that there's beer on the ship they they find a way to get thor back uh to earth and then they go into trying to figure out uh how to get the stones back and uh they realize that they all, all had a little bit of a connection uh, it was great, a great little callback to Jane Oliver, to Jane, uh, and, uh, everyone else. Um, they discover, they decide that they're all going back. So they, we go into the time travel part where part of the team heads to New York in 2012. We see the Avenger pose with Black Widow with, oh, uh, sorry, I forgot something here. We need to go back because there's one more important thing here. Uh, so we cut also to a scene in Tokyo where, uh, there's a bunch of people dying. There's this, uh, a, a, a mafia leader is in a fight with a guy. Uh, it's a sword, the sword fight, um, uh, basically says, why are you doing this? You killed Thanos. I'm getting you back because you weren't snapped. We, it's basically, it's, it's Hawkeye turning into basically the comic book character Ronan. Behind him is Natasha in the rain, basically calling him back. There's a really neat little touch here. Don't give me hope. And, uh, but he, he comes back. So uh, Ro- Hawkeye is back as well. Hawkeye does a little bit of a quick time travel back to his home to see his daughter. So we know that time travel kind of works. So then we head to New York. It's, uh, it's Banner. It's Stark. It's... Uh, Lang and it's Steve Rogers. Uh, and this was interesting too, because it may be, this was part of what you talked about, Mitch, the, the Hulk fight here. Uh, at this point, he's, he's seen himself smash things and he's like, that feels a little gratuitous. And he does even makes a play on it when he kind of taps the taxi cab and he taps the motorbike and goes, 
Yay. Like, it did feel like there was a character evolution from from Bruce, Bruce Banner at that point. I understand that, but I also think a majority of the audience wants to see Hulk in a certain light. Like, I get the character growth, but at the end of the day, I think you need to give the entertainment to the people in the action scene. Like, you can do both. Is, is there not a way you can do both? I th- uh, Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I thought the scene was funny, but I thought it would have uh, spoke better to the point if uh, Banner was better at faking being the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we did get... That's we, not really the gripe I have, though. That that was fine. That scene was fine. It's yeah. more the ending. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we see, of course, them capture Loki. They're doing the gratuitous pose. Uh, they make fun of the pose. They make fun of Captain America's ass, calling it America. Uh, Scott Lang calls it America's ass. Do you find this out of character for Cap? Because some people were saying this is out of character. I don't. What do you mean? The joke was out of character to say, "Yeah, that is America's ass." I thought it was hilarious. I think but. it's the call. I think it's the call to the gay following because I thought it was like really feeding the fan base. Like it's mm. kind of silly. Not really, not really them. Yeah, I agree. I I think it kind of showed that Captain America's after all these years of hanging out with these yeah. less straight laced guys than him, he can because he he kind of blushed and was bashful at first, and then he cracked one. Which like after that many years with those guys, he has to be able to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, I think it showed his sort of relationship with Iron Man. Yeah, it's the way they've grown together. Yeah, I just, they've become more like each other. But <laughs> I find it funny that you know three somewhat middle-aged men talking about his ass. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> that yeah. was also a great scene where he fights himself. Yeah. yeah. Even though oh. his self was kicking his ass, though. Yeah. Oh, that was, that that was that, good. Yeah. Uh, we'll get we'll get there. We, uh, we see um, the Hydra shield combination. They're all, they all come in. They're, um, uh, there was a great moment where Captain America gets on the elevator from Winter Shoulder soldier and he as does, soon as i saw that i just like i just was like winter soldier yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he does the little secret which was also an honor by the way to gary shandling that pete i mean i don't know if people realize that that was gary shandling's great line hail hydra he does a hail hydra line gets mm-hmm. the briefcase away uh this is also the point where um banner runs into tilda swinton's character from dr strange I don't know why I'm drawing a blank with what her actual name is, but they have that moment where he's trying to go down the stairs and she says, I would not recommend going down those stairs. And he, Banner says, I need the stone. She's like, no, you can't have it. They explained that Dr. Strange gave it. He explains that Dr. Strange gave it away. Uh, she's like, maybe I didn't understand. They kind of explained the time. So then this was another Bruce Banner moment where he, she knocks Banner out of Hulk uh, and it's Bruce Ban- it's the human Bruce Banner, not the Professor Hulk, but the human Bruce Banner that's having the conversation. And they explain about what the time, what they're trying to do, and they get the, the stones back to where they should have been uh, all along, and that would save the time. Uh, and that explanation, uh, she gives that the time stone. Uh, they try to basically then 
they're trying to go down the elevator, and then this is where Hulk comes Hulk a little bit. I because he's just like no room, take the stairs, and then Hulk gets on the stairs and gets stairs. Stairs that leads to Captain America fighting Captain America, which is uh, they all go. They, there was the great line of "I can do this all day." Oh, I know. Yeah, that was awesome. That was great. Um, then there's by the, the way that one scene with Hulk and what's her name. What is the... her? Why am I drawing her blank on her name? Anyways, that was an underrated scene. That was that was a good one. And I also liked how she kind of referred to Doctor Strange as like the best of all of us because we never really heard that in the Doctor Strange movie that she like ever really complimented him in any way. So that was nice to see her character kind of compliment him in that way as well. Kind of put over Doctor Strange. Yeah, and kind of understood who he. Who who he was? The ancient one is her name. Um, ancient one, that's yeah. it. Yeah. All I could think was the evil witch of Narnia. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So Hulk goes down the stairs. They are trying to drag Loki. We see a Robert Redford cameo here as the director trying to get back the. They're all having the fight. Uh, Two thousand twelve. Tony Stark has the heart attack has the heart attack, and Loki escapes with the Tesseract, which is, I think, very interesting, because that was the last time we saw Loki in the entire movie, uh, interestingly enough. So it'll be interesting to see what they do well, with Loki. that Loki, anyway. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that it's going to be interesting to see what they do with, with Loki. Uh, he said, I'm taking this, and I'm getting my own show. Yes, I'm getting my own show That's on Disney. Exactly. That's yeah. So we'll see you later. Uh, then we're also transported back to uh, make. I'm making sure that we got all the other ones here. So uh, we're back in old Asgard. It's Rocket and Thor. Uh, they're having a conversation. Thor is off to the wine cellar. Rocket's like, "No, you're not going to the wine cellar. We need you to do this with fancy pants," which is Jane. Uh, he has a nice moment. Of course, there was the nice homage where Loki is t- uh, that whole scene from Thor: The Dark World, where he's in jail, and they walk past. It was that was really funny. It was a nice little touch. Um, of course, they were set back at the day that Thor's mom dies. So Thor does meet his mom. A nice little moment there. Uh, really, also developing that Thor development character where. Um, she talks to him about like everybody fails and about being human and he's, he's of course a wreck, uh, but they have a, a touching moment. Um, and he does his little, it, it's also, I thought too, the other thing that I think that the big debate with Thor was, is also was the whole debate around, and, and maybe it's, it's the, in our times that we're thinking about this sort of the me too, the mask, what masculinity is. And I thought that, that they tried to have that conversation a little bit through Thor. Not It wasn't super awesome or in-depth, but like that was part of his conflict, was what masculinity and what he thinks that he needs to be in charge. And we'll get to the end of what, uh, some of the choices that he made. But um, I thought that this was a nice little, little, it was an interesting little touch. It was specifically not his father, it was his mother which was interesting as well. Um, but he's able to get the hammer. 
which we'll, we will talk about a little bit later. And he's like, there yeah. was a cheer for that. Yeah, there was a cheer for that, but there'll be a bigger cheer a little bit later on in the, in the movie for sure. Uh, so there, that, that scene with his mother though, really showed like Hemsworth's range as an actor. Like that was like, he did so many different like styles in this movie, just in one, like he was, he was fantastic. Yeah. Agree. Yes. Fantastic. I love that scene. I loved it so much. Yeah. And yeah, we see as Rocket got hit, got that stone, and they're off. Then we're at, uh, then we're off to Mordor with uh, Rhodey and Nebula. Uh, we get the scene from Guardians of the Galaxy where Quill is doing his little dance. Rhodey calls him, so he's an idiot. And Nebula's like, that was yeah. also really funny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Love that. where he's singing to himself. Yeah. No hey yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so Nebula knocks, they knock him out, uh, get the stone, and but we also are transported back to basically uh, 2014, where we see 2014 Nebula, and we see Gamora, uh, and the Nebula's back, and her little is is uh, is captured. They she has a moment where they're. And then we see a re-entry of Thanos. So Thanos is back at this point. Uh, they're uh, discovering that Nebula has future Nebula. And past Nebula is realizing that future Nebula has some things. So they find them. They capture Nebula. Um, and uh, this was also just... I do think want to talk a little bit about how underrated... I think Nebula's performance was, was really underappreciated here. Because... She had two characters to really journey through. She had the future Nebula, she has the old Nebula, and she had to kind of fight, almost fight herself in a in a fascinating way. I think it, it was a little bit underrated uh, how well she did. I don't know what you, your thoughts were on the on the Nebula character. Well, I don't know how how it was rated because um, for me it got to me really strongly because of the abuse that she endured and then that duality of self i thought geez this is like this is deep layers and layers and layers to the writing yeah yeah i I think there were three characters that were elevated in this movie ant-man nebula and hawkeye yeah 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 I, I have to say, before this movie, I've never really liked Hawkeye, and now I kind of like Hawkeye. Hmm. And before this movie, I've never really liked Nebula. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah I, didn't, I didn't even notice Hawkeye all through these movies. <laughs> then I was like, what an amazing actor. Oh, Jeremy Renner is a is a, is a great actor, and like he's done some really good stuff. But it's, there's so many great actors in oh, this yeah. film. And then, but for him, he was standout for me, absolutely. Yeah. And so was she. Never yeah. yeah. So yeah, we see Thanos. He he's discovered what's going on. We'll get to that. Then we're off to Vormor. Kev, brilliant writing. The way that they got Thanos back in this movie. Yes. Yeah, it was. I didn't see that coming at all, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of yeah. I I thought so. Do you want to expand on that? Well, just the whole plan and the just the way to write it with the Nebula character. She's a big centerpiece in the movie, but like, just to have that whole like 
there's two nebulas and the the vision of what she's seeing in the future the future nebula is seeing is going back to the past and the past nebula is seeing it i just felt like that was a really really strong point in the writing mm-hmm. so so much so because when you break it down to the point where she was instrumental in saving the day, bringing them to Thanos, and then she was instrumental in ruining the day, bringing Thanos to them. Like, that that nuance and that, again, layer of what that character brought, took away and brought, and then she has to kill herself. Oh, hmm. my God. It's interesting. Yeah. Then we get to a really... Uh, not that every other scene isn't important, but we, we get to a pretty key point here. Uh, not that there, again, not that there's no other key points, but this is, this is, this was pretty huge. Uh, and I was not expecting this, but it happened. Uh, so we get to the soul stone. It's Vormore. We get to see, uh, uh, Natasha and, uh, and, and Barton are, are meet the Red Skull. The Red Skull says, Natasha, son of Ivan, uh, Barton, Seif, son of Edith. Uh, they're having a sit here. And basically he explains the rules of getting the soul stone. You have to sacrifice someone that you love. Uh, Barton's all cynical saying, you know, uh, yeah, whatever he's saying, that could be true or not. And he's like, I, cause he knows your father's name. And Tasha's like, I didn't know my own father's name myself. Uh, then they decide that they have to do something about it. Now, what were you thinking here? Because it was this. I think that's what made this scene so well done. It was like I wasn't sure if they were thinking, okay, I got to get rid of the other person, or I got to get rid of me, or oh, was... they were both trying to hurl themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think... They both wanted to make that sacrifice. Yes, I think that was the right way to do it. But, like, I think there are flaws in this scene just in terms of how Marvel did it because they already released the information that Hawkeye is going to have his own show. So well, if you if you knew that information, that what was going to happen. But you could still like, – they also released information that they're I doing a Black I think it was Widow still a story. really well-acted and, and well-thought-out scene like, because they even threw you off the way that he – it looked like Hawkeye. Hawkeye was a cliff, and then no, he doesn't. Uh, Black Widow saves him, and Black Widow goes down. Like that was a that was a great sequence, but at the same time, like I don't know, it it, it like knowing that he had his his show and knowing that his daughter was going to be involved, you figured it's going to be in the future. While they've been talking about a Black Widow movie set in the past, so like if you're sort of a diehard fan of the universe, you would kind of figured out what was going to happen. I do have a couple of questions though. Do you think that Hawkeye and Black Widow were like the correct combination to go with here? Because while I was watching it, I kind of thought like possibly the Hulk could have been another combination, even though the Hulk like would be too strong for Natasha to really fight off. And then the other one would be Cap because of how close they are. Like, I, I feel like, and then the Cap opportunity to fight with Red Skull is also there. Like, I think there's so many opportunities to have these different characters in this spot for the Soul Stone. I, 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 that was going through my head while I was watching it. What, what, what I like about it being Hawkeye, though, is I feel like um, he was so destroyed before then that I think he was, he was going noble sacrifice uh, route, route in the last fight with Thanos no matter what 
uh, until he has to continue on with his life because Nat gave up hers, so he's living her life as well now. Because I think he was straight up suicidal. Not saying, yeah, I'm not saying I didn't <laughs> like the choice. I'm not saying I didn't like the choice of Hawkeye. I'm just saying there they could have done so many different ways, but I guess yeah, that also speaks to the strength of their characters. The Hulk would have been so interesting. Yeah, the Hulk would have been interesting because of their past relationship. Oh my and, god! But like, I think what they were trying to go for was like these were the two best friends at the beginning of the universe, like when we first saw them in Avengers, and and yeah, it made sense that way. Well, and it also I like that they used a relationship that wasn't romantic love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think the whole story with Black Widow in this in this movie, just like the whole family thing, that this is her family, was um, well done yeah. overall. And then to have her sacrifice herself just made sense. Yeah, I, I don't know what was the reaction in your theater. I, I, mine wasn't like overly like sad or like shocked or anything. It was kind of like accepted almost. Yeah, I'd say the yeah. same. I'd say the same too. Yeah. 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 Uh, then we get, we all come back to current day or current five years ahead. Uh, and then there's, it, it allowed for the uh, banner moment. It was like, where's Natasha? And Natasha's gone. Uh, and just sort of the heartbreak that banner had. And I, I, it, it's sort of a, the sadness that banner and Romanoff never had that relationship that they were trying to develop. Uh, that that was sort of the sadness of the Banner character. Uh, this is where uh, they uh, they do a little memorial uh, for Romanoff. Uh, this is also where uh, nobody seemed to notice that Nebula did not come back, which was interesting. Uh, there it was like, oh, no, Natasha, but wait, where's the? Yeah, that was kind of weird. That was kind of weird there. Uh, but they have the fight about who they put the stones in the glove and they try to have the argument of who does the snap. And this is where Thor is like, I'm going to do the snap. And then they do make another joke about cheese whiz and all that. And it banner decides it's him that has to do the snap. He does the snap. Uh, meanwhile, in the background, while that snap is happening, bad past nebula is opening the door for Thanos and, to come. And uh, unbeknownst, uh, the snap happens uh, Banner's kind of passed out. Uh, we see Scott look out the window. There's a sunrise. The phone rings. Uh, Hawkeye's phone rings, and it's Laura. He's on the phone, and then the Avenger, the compound, is blown up. Um, and there is Thanos just sitting there. Nebula is gives him uh, says finds him, and Nebula says, Thanos says, "Go get the stones." Uh, this is where Rocket and Hulk and uh, and Hawkeye are all kind of drowning. Uh, they do a little bit of a rescue. They're all trying to get out. And then Thor sees Thanos sitting there. Captain America comes out. Iron Man comes out. Uh, they basically all have an agreement that this is probably a trap. Thor turns, goes back into old school good-looking, attractive Thor for everyone, and they have that three-on-one No, fight. he didn't. Well, he kind of not, like... He changed his hair. Changed his hair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He can be attractive and fat, Mitch. He... No, I'm not saying... I'm, I'm saying he didn't, get, he didn't get jacked. I'm joking, I'm, I'm joking. Saying. I was just joking. Yeah. Laura, 
Hair, more Thor. Yeah. More hair. He brushed his hair, I agree. Bab, I do want to point out you missed a, a sequence there with Cap and Iron Man where they go back and Iron Man meets his dad again. Oh, yes, Cap thank you. Thank you, yes. Me. Okay, thank you. We have to go through that. Yeah. that is, and this is really important. Thank you for reminding me about that. Um, so... Because Loki took the Tesseract, they realized that they still need to get that somehow. And they also need some pin uh, pin magic as well. So they decide to go back to 1970. This is where the Stan Lee cameo is. And that's Brie Larson in the car uh, as they're passing by. Uh, and this is a really important moment, actually. So, um, uh, so they're back in the compound. Uh, uh, we see a Michael Douglas cameo where he, where Steve Rogers gets him out. They grab the pin particles. We see. Oh my God! With the digital reconstructing of Michael Douglas's face. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Holy smokes! And the hair was like so thick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. and then um, this is also the moment. Uh, so this is a moment where Tony meets Howard. Uh, and they have a, a conversation. Uh, basically, gra they grab grabbing the briefcase. Uh, it's it, it, how, Tony calls himself Howard Potts, uh, and they have a conversation about what it's like to be a dad. Uh, they have a. It was a really a, a, this. This was so. It was so neat. Um, in so many ways, it was such. This actually was a really well done scene. I thought because you you had. Tony have this conversation about his dad, talking to his dad about his dad to his dad. Uh, and there was this familiar connection. Uh, kind of the highlights is, uh, you know, I would do anything for your kid and had that in, and really part of Tony's journey was, was Howard's journey as well. Deciding between being the hero and being selfish, uh, which we talked about a little bit earlier on in this podcast, Howard had that same journey. I just it was neat to have the I, I love those subtle non-subtle like we know what we're talking about but we're not really talking about kind of yeah. moments that the audience are in but the characters are not in that moment even though they're in they're in separate moments they're in the moment and two great actors here John Slattery is a really does that kind of character so well from Mad Men and, and Robert Downey was great here that was also a great way to resolve the whole story about him kind of hating his father at first at the start of the universe and like Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, and then just slowly building throughout the universe kind of went on. He started to respect and gain appreciation for his father up until this movie where he really does love his father. So that's, that was always, that was cool to see. And man, that cap scene. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll let, um, there was this was good closure, part of the closure of the Stark story. What, what else did you guys notice on that? Anything else? Nope. Okay, we'll get to the Cap scene. Uh, so Cap, <laughs> Captain America is wandering about. He turns and looks, and he is four feet away from Peggy Carter. Uh, of course, throughout the movie, we see that Rogers is looking at the Peggy Carter uh, picture. It's it's forefront in our minds, and he's like four feet away from having a conversation from Peggy Carter, and it it was just a really neat moment. Even when I watched it the second time, one of the things that it just it this felt like to me the moment that he, if he could go back in time 
he was going to go back to find her. Like this was, this was his love. This was his true soulmate. Uh, this is where he wanted to be back. Like he felt at home in this scene. Did anyone else want him to go through that door? Oh yeah. I really did. <laughs> yes. That, yeah. was a good, that was a great scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really, yeah, that was, it was really well done and it kind of set up for what was to come a little bit later. It, that per- Both scenes were foreshadowing kind of the yeah. end. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Growing up without a father and yeah. Yeah. And there was, you know, it was, it, I think the, just go back to the Stark scenes, the Stark scene for a second there too. I think the other thing that, that was so interesting was, uh, my my t- it was when Howard said my dad said taught me lessons by belt and we kind of sort of forget it was sort of a reminder from Tony too it's like you know I was hard on you because I was taught to be hard and I think it was sort of that forgiveness that helped to wrap up that story that I think the difference with with the Stark part is it felt that there was closure I felt with the Rogers Peggy Carter scene I felt that that was an opening of something new. yeah that that was yeah. how I looked at it. Um, Anyway, we're back. Let's go back to like the first part of the fight. Everyone is is they're all fighting, and there's the moment where Thor has the hammer and the axe. The hammer falls, and then we see this for a moment. We have the camera flashes onto the hammer just for a little bit of a moment to warm to prepare us to have that moment to prepare us for something is coming. And Thor is being beaten to a pulp by Thanos. The hammer shakes. Hammer shakes, the hammer shakes, and then it moves, and it goes back, and the hand it is is in Captain America, and I'll tell you, Jen, there was a huge pop when that happened in our Biggest theater. pop of the movie. The coolest oh, yeah. moment in the entire movie. Oh, God, yes. Well, I, re- I remember when that when uh, the, the teaser at the end of the, one of the movies was their whole competition about picking up the hammer, which then appeared in the later movie. Uh, everyone, everyone's like, America's taking it. And now, now there's such a huge debate online about whether Captain America was faking it back then, or whether he had some sort of character growth that makes him worthy now. Yeah, I I think, the, I think he was faking it in that. Book. But how can he use the hammer better than Thor? That's the question. <laughs> really yeah. seems like he can. You know what? I always this was this this is my thought, and maybe I'm wrong, but this is my thought process here. Okay. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But Thor's journey, part of Thor's ego, was the whole point is that he was the only one that was worthy of this hammer. But the really the reality is, is we were all worthy of the hammer, not just Thor. And that was, I don't think Captain America was ever, maybe he was faking it, I don't know. But it was just, it's like, anyone can have that hammer. Well, not anyone, but but someone else does pick it up. What's her name? Picks it up. Uh, In a previous film. No. Everyone does? Wait, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's her name? His sister does, right? No? Or destroys the hammer, I think. Yeah, she destroys the hammer. Oh, okay. I feel he got it back in the past. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but a huge, huge part here. Big more fights, more more punching, more of this. But I did want to see Cap, like, from Infinity War, he didn't really get to do much in the action scenes. I wanted to see him really fight. That was awesome. Yeah, that was a great, it was, the, the fight, I, it was, it was great. And it, it had so much tension because you felt like he might die. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and it was a nice touch that it's the three original, the three originals that they built the the franchises around had that fight. Um, they set that up, and then yep. Uh, then this. So Captain America is pretty much knocked out. Thor's knocked out. Iron Man's knocked out. Thanos basically says, you know, in the past, in all my years of conquest and violence, um, it's never been personal. But what I'm about to do to this Earth. Uh, this is going to, I'm going to really enjoy this. And then there's just this moment. This was really well there. I, I think to me, my, my, the strength in this was how well this was directed. Cause then there's this moment and then, uh, the black order comes out, uh, all of the, all of the bad machines, everything from uh, hell and high water comes. We have, uh, everything from the, the incident in 2000 from the original Avengers movie, pretty much any bad thing we got and sort of you have this moment with Captain America is all, it's all bleeding. He gets up, he stands, he's standing there ready to fight. And then you hear this captain, captain Sam, can you hear me? And then, and then just a little bit more of a pause. And then he goes on your left. And then from there, um, this was, I think this at least it was the second biggest pop in the in, in it, it might have been the biggest, but like once it was weird in my theater because Black Panther came out and no one said anything. No, in our we, scene, we got a cheer for got, Black. Panther. We got a cheer for Black. We Panther. got like we got like a little cheer, but it wasn't like eruption. Like you would think, okay, everyone else is going to come now. Like nobody really reacted; they were just waiting for the next phase of everybody to come out. Yeah, so it's it comes. We, he got a huge cheer. He got a huge cheer in ours. Yeah, which when I was with Jen, he got a huge cheer. It was black. And, and the and the the three o'clock uh, team theater we did as well, right? Am I crazy or was I just screaming super loud? I think it was you, <laughs> me, and two other people. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, there was a bit of a cheer. So it was Black Panther. It was the Guardians of the Galaxy. We got a Spider-Man moment. Uh, we've got we got all of Wakanda pretty much. Uh, uh, all of them. We got Quill, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Every character you can think of. Uh, Ant Man and uh, all of the the Van Dynes are back. Doctor Strange is back. Uh, I love the way they kind of had everybody meet up with each other, though. Like yeah. during the fight. Yeah. And uh, and Pepper Potts as well. And then the the great line is Doctor Strange goes, "Is that everyone? <laughs> you want more?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of. The, How did this actually happen, though? That's my question. Well, the snap brought him back, right? Like, Hulk's snap brought him back. But, like, where were they this whole time? Ooh. But well, Doctor, it's, they come through Doctor Strange circle. Like, I, Doctor Strange teleported them there, I guess. But, like, I'm just I'm just confused. Like, I wish we got a little bit of an explanation on that. Maybe we will in the future. I yeah, hope, I, I, th- I think we will. Get, I think they built that to build that for the future. Mitchell, your director's cut is going to be like ten hours long. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying I want to. I want to know. I want to know. I know. I know. I know. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're all standing. Be- I I, I kind of have to admit I choked up when they're all standing behind Captain America. I, I just thought that was so well done. And then he does the Avengers assemble. Everybody's running and fighting. Uh, we got the uh, Scott Lang and uh, the, we got the Lang and, and the Ant Man wow. and Wasp reunion. We 
We did get the Quill and Gamora reunion, but this is two thousand this was two thousand twelve Gamora who's not yet in love with Quill. Uh, she kicks him where the you it kicks him in the you know where. Also, uh, this movie elevated Guardians three so much. Yes. This yeah. Is, not only the Gamora thing, but the Thor um this yeah, yeah the hype's yeah. gonna be out of this world for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then um more battling. Um, Peter Parker's continuing to introduce himself to everybody. Uh, Parker and Tony Stark have a moment. It's like Parker was like, uh, "Doctor Strange says it's been five years. We got to get back." And uh, Stark hugs him. And Parker's like, "Oh, this feels nice." Uh, then Stark and Doctor Strange have their moment where Stark asks him about what was the one. You better tell me this is it. And Stark says, and Strange says, "If I tell you what it is, you won't do it." which leads back to the question about whether Tony Stark is going to do the sacrifice play or not, I thought. Um, and, yeah, we have, have all the reunions. Uh, then the the big thing is trying to get the glove. And who the, Basically, the object of this war is whoever snaps wins. Is, is that the easiest way for me to synopse what's, what the, what's at play here? Yeah, uh, or, or go for the head. Yeah. Uh, Barton tries to hand off the, the glove to uh, Black Panther. Black Panther's running. Uh, he has to give it to Peter Parker. Um, uh, then we see the moment with Scarlet Witch, who is also back. And, and she, she's like, uh, you've ruined everything. And this because, again, this is 2012 Thanos. I have no idea who you are. And Scarlet Witch is like, you will. They have their fight uh, to the point where Thanos, like, fire more fire is supposed to come. And then there's the, this becomes another moment where there's, they're firing at something in the sky. This is where we see Carol Danvers again, Captain Marvel. She cut her hair. I want her. I, I, I'm, I have to say, I do prefer her longer hair than her short hair. That's my, my vote. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, You guys, it's a hint. Come on. Also, it's it's a part of the newer comics. She has her hair like that, but like, I, I prefer it longer. Yeah. I just, I, I just, and like, whatever, she looks badass, so it's cool, whatever, whatever she wants to do with her hair, I just personally like long hair. Yeah. <laughs> I like the message she's giving with that haircut. I know. I know what she, I, I know. Do I, you need the haircut to give the message, though? Like, really? There uh, is, you know, there are things we need. I don't know. But well, I, maybe, I, I would almost like if that's the message we're going to give her to be slightly more femme. Because you can be femme and well, yeah. maybe we'll, we'll, we'll we'll address this here because there were some criticisms that the LGBTQ well, Black Widow had short hair and she's she's feminine. Yeah, yeah. So there there was some criticism about the LGBT community not feeling super represented in this movie. What were your thoughts on that? Um, anybody could be anything. They don't really talk about their bedroom antics, do they? I guess so. Why? I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. I. I don't. I don't know why you can't take inspiration in the characters as they are. Yeah, but as again, it's like I, I. I. I can like I've always liked superheroes, and I've already said that uh, the most I ever felt represented was when Captain Marvel appeared, and so I can get how nice it was to finally be like that instead of just being like i am the girl that i don't feel like this is the girl at all but i'm more like her than every other character so this is the one i'm gonna go with um i i was like uh, there's this one that actually represents me um 
and I can see how um, they eventually uh, that uh, people of the uh, GLPT community want to eventually be able to feel that. But I feel like if they had made any sort of comments like that, even if it turns out that Captain Marvel is gay, if it had come up in this movie, it would have been rushed and it would have been done wrong. Mm. Yeah, yeah, agreed. There's so many other things they gotta handle. In <laughs> I also heard that the rodent uh, community felt underrepresented with one raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just teasing. Come one on, anybody could be anything. Raccoon. He could be the gayest raccoon. Like we don't know. That's not the point. The saving the universe is the point. Yes. It's if they had brought up Captain Marvel's, which has never been talked about, if they brought up her sexuality at all, it would have been completely uh, completely shoehorned in and completely irrelevant to the plot of the movie. Yeah. yeah. I feel but, like people that are looking for that are just looking for that and that only. Like, they're just going to see the movie just to see the representation of the character. Like, can we just watch the movie? <laughs> Also, I think so many so many things were represented there. Like, if I identify with being male and masculine, it's there. If I identify with being, you know, feminine and powerful, it's there. Like, however you identify, it you will find it there. You don't have to look for what isn't there. There's so much there. Yeah. I mean, there is a big thing for for having an actual out character mm. soon. I don't think it had to be this movie, though, no. but I can understand wanting one soon. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I think yeah. I think they planted that seed in Captain Marvel. I think they've, yeah. They, yeah, I think in the Captain Marvel movie, they they kind of planted that seed of where they were going. There. But I think it was all, it's still also, like, cool and layers and character and that it has to be integral to that. Like, like just, you know, like, just having something for no reason, like, whatever, like, gratuitous nudity or gratuitous whatever, would, wouldn't honor the, the script and the characters in the world, right? Yeah. So, that... You know, the future of that coming, it's all coming and it's cool and it's gonna yeah, be cool. It, yeah, but it's one of those things like the only time they really touch on their sex sexuality is when any of them get into a relationship or, you know, when we discovered Hawkeye had a wife. Uh so it's like like their their sexuality for many of the characters is known and it would be nice to have one that is like their sexuality is not heteronormative, but it can't be shoehorned in. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> So the, we're trying to get the van going here because the get rid of the stones. Uh, Parker has the glove. He meets Carol, uh, and then uh, Carol Carol goes, "Hi, Pete. You got something for me?" And Peter hand, hands her the glove, and he's like, "I don't know what you're going to do." And then, uh, "How are you going to do this?" Because that scene next is a there's a group of people, the group of the aliens, the Black Order is coming, and. And then we hear all of a sudden she's not alone, and it's all of the female Avengers. It is uh, Suri, it is the Wasp, it is Pepper Potts, it is um, Nebula. No, Nebula wasn't there because Nebula died. Uh, we forgot to address that. Uh, it was Gamora, it was all of the females, it was Valkyrie. Uh, I, I like what Ben said. It wasn't just even, it wasn't only a political moment to me, I thought it was a really well done shot. Like, it was really a well-done, oh, yeah. great, great scene as well. I kind of felt it was forced. I didn't think it was. Because they were building to that. They did I that. liked the moment in Infinity War better. Mm -hmm. well, well, I don't know. My 16-year-old son short. groaned a little bit there. 
but uh, I it thought didn't it think, like it didn't bug me in any way, but it, I it just felt like it didn't really need to like be there. Just I don't know. Why not? Why not? It was like the handing of the thing. It was like sort of like a you know the the the, the village. You know the the caregivers, the handing, getting that thing to the end point, to the end zone. Well, and you're the one who said he wanted to see Marvel grow and work together as a team, and she did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she accepted the help of all of the women behind her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then. Uh, it's Danvers gets the glove to Tony and Tony. It's basically now we're at the point of the final fight. It's Thanos versus Tony. Well, Carol's fighting Thanos a little bit, but Thanos knocks her, knocks her out, but somehow the glove gets there. Uh, and, um, as they're fighting, basically, so Danvers is handing the, somehow is trying to get the glove to Tony, but Thanos makes the interception so Thanos and Tony are having a fight. Uh, Thanos and Tony are having a fight. And basically, at this point, Tony has a look at Doctor Strange, and he gives him the number one look. He gives him the one finger, not the middle finger, not the, the middle that finger. That was awesome. It was the, the one. Tony has the moment. Uh, and so uh, they're fighting again. Fight, fight, fight. Basically, Tony or Thanos pushes Tony away, and he basically says, He looks, we have this moment again. Uh, and it's basically Thanos says, I am inedible, which he said at the start of the movie, I am inedible. He does the snap, it doesn't work. He looks because he, he used the stone, but the stones are not on his hands. There, Iron Man has him. He puts the glove on. And he says, "I am Iron Man." He does the snap, and uh, we slowly see all the bad guys go. We see the Black Order go slowly but surely. Kind of have the kind of the nice music, and then Thanos is sitting there. Is sitting. Basically, he's doing the sit. The they. It was a really nice moment what they did to Thanos because it was all about that rest that he talked about in Infinity War. I, I finally get to rest, so he, he has that rest moment, and then he they sort of close in on his face, and then he goes, and um, and then from there, Tony basically leans back, and then he's he's passing out, uh, and. Uh, yeah, before that, what did you, what did you think of the, uh, the vanishing moment? I think I'm it was wondering how hard those stones are to aim, because Thanos just wiped out half of everything. Tony actually had to concentrate on exactly who he wanted to snap. <laughs> yeah, he had to, he kind of, yeah, because he looked and aimed it, right? For never having played with those stones, it's interesting that he could aim it. I think it's the strength difference and the fact that Tony's only a human. I think that's what they were trying to go for. But the vanishing, I think, was perfect because, like, I'd rather him vanish at the end than dying, like, by whoever, like, killing him. I think that's just a better way to do it because that's exactly what his goal was, to make 50% of the population vanish. So I think that was perfect. And from the Tony I Am Iron Man, which is the best scene moment in the entire MCU, don't at me. 
Every time he says I am Iron Man, I just want to explode and love. I was an emotional wreck from then on out on the end of the movie. Yeah, because it really was, that was Tony's identity at that point. It was the I am Iron Man moment. I I think the only thing that got me more was Love You 3000. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that was too. (laughs) But I felt it. When they delivered that line, I felt Robert Downey Jr. saying it for the last time. I felt it. Yeah. And the awesome thing about that line is it was completely made up by him in the first <laughs> movie. It wasn't a part of the script. What, the Iron Iron Man? Yeah. The Iron Maiden kicking in? Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, that was the best. <laughs> the best. That, but now we get to the moment, basically, from there... Uh, be, we kind of are prepared because we know that the glove takes the energy. Yeah. So Tony is leaning back, uh, kind of laying there, and kind of the we get we get the sort of the, the final death music. Uh, his the first look at him I think was right. I, I, I'm I'm kind of have some pros and cons about this. I, I uh, so we see Rhodey, then we see Parker is like Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark, and then we see Peppers there. Um, Part of me understood sort of the choice of bringing Rhodes and Peter Parker in, but the other part of me felt that this was really should have been Tony and Pepper Potts' moment. Yeah, she was kind of overshadowed by Peter, but this is my hope as a Spider-Man fan because we have not seen any mention of even Uncle Ben, that this is the Uncle Ben moment because we haven't had that actual, like reason for why spider-man is spider-man moment yet and i'm hopefully thinking that this is the moment but who knows well i kind of like uh i kept thinking about how you're saying like spider-man's not the same as he used to be and it's he's a lot closer to the original original comics when he was trying to join the fantastic four and you're right that's like the pre-real uncle ben moment because like the whole reason like Spider-Man feels responsibility for Uncle Ben. So exactly, there is no responsibility. That's why I don't like Homecoming. Is because there's no responsibility in the movie at all. But that's a, a total side sidebar. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I hope this helps. Uh, I hope this helps him. And I almost helps hope some of his friends actually did age five years. <laughs> well, so it's not Mary, Mary Jane didn't, and and what Ned didn't. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I hope I'm really hopeful because I didn't like Flash in that movie. That Flash is older and he just gets to pick on him. That would be amazing. That would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So basically, from there, we Tony basically dies. Says bye to Pepper, and then he dies. Tears are there were man tears uh, during when Jen and I went and Ben went to the movie. There were man tears anyway. Um, yeah. You how heavily were you crying? Uh, the guy beside me that I was sitting beside that was not with us was lost it. Like, he was wow. gone. He was gone, for sure. I was, like, I was kind of gone, but I was, like, I also was, like, I knew this was coming, too. So, um, I, I was very fortunate that it was 3D. That helped you not cry? Well, I had the glasses on, so it was easier to hide. Uh, I you don't cry. Bitch, so you don't have as much 
<laughs> but you know what? It was like weird full, full circle because I remember watching Less Than Zero when when Robert Downey Jr. died in that, and I lost my mind. That was a while ago. <laughs> I don't tend to cry at movies, so I feel all left out now. Hmm. You didn't cry at this? I don't cry at movies in general. I cry at books, but I don't tend to cry during movies. Hmm. Sometimes plays get me. Hardly ever anything filmed, though. Hmm. Oh. I think the last thing that got me was Bridget Therabithia, so that was I thought you were, were going to say Bridget Jones' diary, and I was going to say, I cried at that, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bridget Therabithia, and I had already read the book and knew it was coming, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, goodbye, Tony Stark. <laughs> like, I felt it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a robot, but, like, you just is Tony didn't... officially on, though, or are they going to make him, like, an AI? Well, yeah, that's, there's some interesting things what they could do here. So as, as kind of we transition, um, apparently uh, Peter Parker and that school was all dusted because they all came back um, and they were all the same age. Everyone. Every single one of them, not 50%, which was the whole thing. Yeah, all of them. All of them. Yeah. So all of the school <laughs> was gone, so they're, they're back. Uh, and then we get the voiceover from, uh, from Tony Stark. We, well... Uh, we all want a happy ending, but it, that's not, not always the case. Part of the journey is the end. Kind of at this point, it goes to Ant Man and the Wasp and uh, Scott Lang's daughter. Uh, goes to we see uh, Wakanda is back together. Uh, we kind of have that moment. So we had a lot of a lot of reunions at that point in time, and then we're. I at- wish they had shown, even if it was just like a like. I don't know. I, I know it would have taken away from the movie and all that, but you gotta imagine how many of those people on that on Earth actually managed to move on and then had this like awkward encounter with their spouse afterwards. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, my you... boss is alive. Damn it. Yeah. You have to go back to work. Yeah, all all of that sort of stuff. Or it's like, oh, um, so girlfriend I've been seeing for two years now. My my wife of twenty years is suddenly undead. It's sure. cool, uh, right? Yeah. Also, when they when they snapped, was the world like completely demolished, or was it better? Well, the whole thing after Infinity Wars, there, there was this whole rant I saw on Facebook that was brilliant. It's like fifty percent of all living things. Yeah, you just killed all the bees and we're fucked. <laughs> They're doing that now. Well, because after the five year jump, everything was like demolished and a wreck. Like when Hulk snapped, was it back to normal? Yeah. Well, they, we we got the sunshine back, so we were we were expecting back to normal. It- point and it, it looked like some plant like a lot of plants came back yeah yeah it looked like life bird, came back bird sounds yeah uh yeah uh I, I i'm still i still think there's some confusion of how just before we move on here how tony got the glove how tony got the stones he pulled them off the glove because he's tony he made that thing he made I want to feel like magnets were involved, and and also he made his glove. Like it's no accident that it was a glove. Like know? I don't think he individually grabbed the stones. I think he did something. Some. I think it was some low key magic. Yeah, I think he yeah. pulled it. He, I think he, it, it, there was an obvious switch there, but yeah. Mm. That that'll be that'll be something that'll be debated. So yeah, we're, we're here. We have the reunion. Uh, we're back in the cabin. We get the holograph of uh, Tony 
basically saying his his goodbyes and saying, I have, this is what I had to do. I'm not sure if I was going to live. Thank you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then he says, I love you 3,000. Looks at, It's a nice moment. He looks at Morgan and he says, I love you 3,000, which was... See, nice. but the crazy thing is now I'm about to cry, but I didn't cry in the movie. Oh. Aww. Um... Also, the kid from Iron Man three was there. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah. get into that. We'll, oh we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get into. We that. Had lo- I had Ben looked that up on the way home, but yeah, I didn't know who it was. Okay, so we have the funeral. Basically, after that, they come out. That's uh, the Tony Stark has a heart. It's flowers, and then we see at the end that, that they put another the great callback. Oh, I lost it again when she said, "I want cheeseburgers." Yes, cheeseburgers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was, and I think this was a great little tribute to the contributions of Robert Downey Jr. too, uh, as well. So they have the whole, they do the separation of all the cast. They go through uh, the Captain America cast. They go through the Spider-Man cast. They go through the Guardians of the Galaxy cast. There's no Gamora there, interestingly enough. Uh, they go on to all that and then they do make the moment to, to for the kid from Iron Man 3 and he does not look I was like that is not him but he looks he's tall now and then there was the trip to Colby Smulders then there was the trip to Cap they had to look to Captain Marvel and then the, in the back just entering was Nick Fury uh, and then that was pretty much the it was a nice I thought a nice little tribute to what Robert Downey contributed to the entire Marvel universe it was almost in a sense of thank you to him as well. I took it that way. Yeah, I think so. John Favreau as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cap, yeah. Cast of Iron Man. John Favreau was there. That was then. The, John Favreau. Happy is there with Morgan, and Morgan says, "I want cheeseburgers." And then can I say uh, I'm pretty impressed with how that kid did as being a child actor? Yeah. Oh, uh, they picked right. They picked yeah. right. She and I just love her, and I want to adopt her. And yeah, she she yeah. did really good. Yeah. She did then Scarlet Witch and and Hawkeye have a moment where she Hawkeye's like, I really want to know. I By the she, way, Kev, that is the same guy. That's the same kid. Yeah, I know it is. Oh, okay. I was just making sure. Yeah, I knew it was the yeah I knew it was the kid from Iron Man three, uh, which was a no. Nice I mean, th- it's the same actor. Yeah, it was. I know it was the same actor. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So Iron Man three or uh, Iron Man three, sorry, Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye are, are kind of looking over. Hawkeye is like, I wish Natasha. I hope Natasha knows that they we won. Scarlet Witch, which says I, they both. I think they both know that they won, which was a nice touch to Vision as well. Also, oh, I didn't get bring this. There was an, also a nice little moment here uh, back at the Stark scene where Howard is looking, uh, and this was a really nice touch to Agents of Shield as well, where Howard says he looks familiar, and it was uh, Jarvis, the voice of Jarvis. And it was kind of a nice call call back to him as well. There, so there was a, a lot of nice little things there. Um. And then we go to Asgard, and Valkyrie and Thor, we see Thor looking over Asgard. Valkyrie comes up and says, well, now we got our king back. We're, what, we're, what are we going to do? We got some things to do here. Good to have you back. And Thor's like, about that. Uh, I think it's time that uh, we move on from a king when we have a queen. And basically, he gives Asgard to Valkyrie. Valkyrie's like, I'm going to make some changes. Thor's like, good, make changes. They shake hands. I had a nice little, I have a really nice little moment there between Thor and Valkyrie. Yep. 
Yeah. Yep. For sure. That, not much more to say about that. Then I, I liked it actually. We had about casting of mantles the last time we were all speaking. I think that was uh, without the hammer being passed on. Like that, that was a solid tossing of the mantle. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. And went to the right person. Yeah. <laughs> And then Thor's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, and then I got some friends. Then we see Rock and it's like, come on on. Uh, we go in and we see Quill is looking for Gamora. Uh, and then Thor comes in and I think uh, we pretty much know we have Quill and Thor. This was, um, I, I got to tell you, I think Dave Bautista is, is, is also, this guy is a really great actor and this was, he didn't have much of a lot, much to do in this movie, really. But he's he is a great actor. He's, he's he actually great. got a really big applause when he came on screen. Surprisingly, yeah. I thought because he's not a huge character. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think in our th- movie th- too. Uh, but basically, Thor and Quill have a look, and it's like, oh, you're the leader. You're the leader. Let's fight with knives. <laughs> All that was it was really neat. Pretty much setting up the storyline of where we're going for Guardians of the Galaxy three. Which is will include Thor, which I think will I think I think people are going to be really looking forward to that, and I think it's when with James Gunn back at the helm on mm-hmm. that, I think that this is going to be a really well done movie. Uh, so that basically sets that up, uh, and then we go back to what appears to be the new Avengers compound. We've got uh, Banner with the time machine, basically standing there with Captain America. Captain America is. is objective here is to get all the stones back so he's on it he says you get those stones back and then you come back and uh what banner said was really interesting here is for us it's five seconds for it's him as as long as he wants he does his thing sam counts to five uh they do their thing rogers is not back uh they get all mad at banner he's working on it he's working on it and then uh bucky says sam and then we see a, a guy looking over the waterfall we come up to him and it's steve a hundred year old steve rogers now i don't know was that chris evans it looked like him okay okay confirmed okay uh it it would have been an incredibly good casting job (laughs) yeah yeah. it was actually mickey mouse yeah mickey mouse (laughs) finally making another appearance here it's the actor's great grandfather yeah uh Basically, uh, Roger says, yeah, I decided to take Tony's advice and get a life. Uh, then uh, Sam says, that's great. I'm really happy for you. The only thing that bums me out is that we don't have Captain America anymore. Uh, Rogers goes about that. He pulls up the old shield. He gives it to Sam. And he says, try it on. Uh, Sam tries it on and says, it doesn't really feel like mine. He says, and Roger says, it will. We kind of have Sam looks back at Bucky. Bucky gives a little bit of a nod. Um, oh, before here, before here, another interesting point was Bucky and Rogers have a moment. It says, "I'm going to miss you, thank you," and then they call back to the original from the original Captain America. Is like, "Don't do anything, don't do anything stupid." And said, "I've got stupid, stupid with you now." Uh, Except it was reversed. It was reversed. Yeah, exactly. It was reversed. You're and, taking all the stupid with you. Yeah, you're great taking all, line. Yeah. Um, and I, I just had a question. Didn't, didn't, didn't the shield get broken during the fight with Thanos? <laughs> that but was a new one. Did. Yeah, he probably got a new one. Yeah, he that got was it. the new one made of, um, vibranium, which was never supposed to break. That's why it was weird. Yeah. 
But then, did they get it repaired? But I, think, I thought that one was his well, old one from the forties. Like how many years? He probably got a new one. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I just. He probably saw Howard. Yeah. Yeah. So they they have their convert basically says that the Sam's like I I won't let you down and Rogers is like I I know you won't and basically the mantle is passed not to Bucky which is in the comics although it does get to it, it's it does get to Sam in the comics as well it's actually passed to Sam uh, setting up the uh, Falcon Winter Soldier TV series as well I think setting up that that storyline that, that, that's a nice moment then we pan to the back it's uh the music is playing and it's steve rogers and peggy carter dancing finally having that dance and then they kiss great way to end it and it's the great way and it is how they ended the end game i do want to talk i, I also have to add how they did the credits was just was great yeah um basically giving all the minor characters a, a quick look and then they did the autograph come from jeremy renner to scarlett johansson to mark ruffalo with the pose to chris hemsworth to uh, Chris Evans to Robert Downey, and he got a standing ovation at the end of our movie. So that's it. That is Avengers Endgame. That is... Wait, 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 wait. There I... was clanging at the end. What's that? At the end, there was the sound of... Um, it sounded very similar to uh, when Tony Stark first made his Iron Man uh, suit. The oh. same thing. It was very rhythmic, and then it just kind of petered out, almost like a heartbeat. And there's a lot of online speculation about that one. Sorry, say this about again. About what though? Oh, about whether it's just supposed to symbolize, like, just be the last little, like, almost funeral tolls for Tony Stark, or if it's either that kid or his daughter in the future forging. <gasps> oh my god, it's the daughter. But the daughter is too young. The daughter's too young. I could like five. I know, I but they can I, jump timelines. They included that kid from Iron Man three, so I could see it being the kid from Iron Man three, and then even later than the daughter. Yeah. You know, they're they've got they've I, already got the daughter's just getting all the money, and then she's gonna bankroll the rest of the superheroes for a while. <laughs> wow. Well, even in the Robert in the Robert Down enclosure, he had kind of like the final final moment you saw Robert Downey's faces had the it was the Iron Man mask, and then it closes it goes to the the credit roll. Choose, I yeah, it was that that is interesting. I I don't know if I I remember noticing that or not, but that was pretty much uh, that's it. That's the that's the end game. Um, what um, I guess kind of what kind of summarize your thoughts of what. Like, I guess, graded and kind of what your thoughts are now. It was fantastic, Kev. I do want to point out one last thing. The score was the best score they've ever had, which was something that we talked about, which Mm -hmm. was one of the weak points of the universe. But this was the best score they've ever had, which elevated the emotional scenes. This was the most emotional MCU movie they've ever had for sure. I really loved the way they built the characters early on, took it slow and really built up to those epic battles at the end. To me, it's better than Infinity War. I don't know if it's the best Marvel movie yet. I need to let it sit for a year or two before, because that's just the way these movies are. But it's really great. I loved almost everything about it. My only kind of critiques with it are a little bit with Thor, a little bit with Hulk. Outside of that, that's just nitpicking, but 
it was a great send off for Ironman, great send off for Cap, and just a great way to kind of close the chapter of the MCU. And honestly, it took a ton out of me. I don't even know if I'm I'm not ready at all to see Spider Man. I need like a break from the MCU right now. It took too much out of me. Ugh. Uh, it the the interesting thing is I was almost getting burnt out on the MC universe, um, until Captain Marvel came out and I was like, oh, things are kind of changing. And I really liked how they used her in this movie, where they yeah. kept her away from everything because she knew this wasn't the ending of her story. And her and the, it was the perfect line of like the, the the exchange between her and Rocket Raccoon, where uh, she's like. He's like, where have you been? Why haven't you been helping us? And she's like, because I'm helping the entire universe. And he's like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, was a good excuse to have her be gone. So was and- Rocket. What? So is Rocket. He's a guardian of the galaxy. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I, I thought they walked the line well of not letting her in to just kick ass because that would have been taken I away agree. from the stories they were ending. And uh, <laughs> But at the same time, they didn't they didn't uh they didn't cripple her somehow by trying to keep her out mm. um so i like that uh but overall i really liked the movie i really enjoyed the conclusion to a lot of storylines but it also gave me like as well i'm feeling burnt out uh on on a lot of the mcu but the last few movies really gave me hope for not being burnt out on mcu in the future Oh, I I just loved it so much. It was fantastic. I kind of wish that we have never used the word epic for a movie before because this just should be the yeah. epic movie. <laughs> That's but, the word uh, that best describes it. Right? For me, also, it had everything in all those um, amazing, like, I mean, how many Oscar-nominated and winning uh, people worked on this film, right? How many great iconic Hollywood people were in that film and then how many like beloved like just so much uh and so many great like you said like you already said it like the storylines and uh the journeys and then the new and the old and the passing of the garden um uh but for me again I was like so curious how they're gonna do that script when everybody is such an educated fan and you guys say burnout like people know so much and have their own theories and spin-offs and so much and they did it but i feel like they did it i feel like it was a complete 100 percent success i think that from the, from the snap on you got such an interesting debate of what is going to happen the snap was 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 kind of a turning a, a little bit of a turning point in terms of of like how we talked about the marvel universe i, I just think it took it to another level and i uh i just thought this was so well directed considering the storylines that they had to to build and, and the work that they had to to do, uh, I thought it was ended. I thought they they ended it really well. Um, t- um, I I th- I counted. I have six potential Oscar nominations here. I think it gets it should be in a Best Picture nomination. Uh, this is the, and you know last year with Green Book, I think that people were give quite, it to Robert. Yeah, they well they, with Green Book they really insulted. I think I think a lot of people felt. Quite I really insulted. liked Green Book, so I don't know about that. But I think a lot of people felt insulted that it was Green Book that got Best Picture. Th- these are the type of movies that people go to the movies for. So I, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping that's that- just the way it's always been, though. I mean, there should have been probably a number of superhero movies to win Best Picture. 
Uh, but it's, I mean, I, you're right in the sense, Mitch, I do agree that I, I probably have to sit on this a little bit more, but I think just for how well this was done in terms of like, like the attention to detail that they did on this, I think it, it deserves more than like a stobby. Well, this was a superhero movie. Uh, I think Robert Downey earns an Oscar nomination for the journey of Tony Stark and specifically this performance. I really enjoyed. I, Paul Rudd was and Ant Man was just fantastic. He just had all like he had a lot of lines, but he brought the comedic level in there. But he also um, brought the time level, and he was such a integral part in this story. Um, we didn't talk about him for the last forty five minutes at least, but he was such an integral part of this. Uh, There's so many touching moments. There were so many things that to look forward to, like. Um, I'll have to sit on where it is, but I think it was such a, to me, it was such a great ending that I, you know, um, and also I think what Karen Gilliam did with Nebula, I thought was fantastic as well. She was fantastic for me. I mean, I think the supporting actors did their jobs. I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow probably had two lines, but she did her job in supporting, right? But for me, I am telling you the best villain of all time award if they had a special Oscar should go to Bro- Josh Brolin because my god just the like who else could make those kind of choices just the way he delivered that like you you have the CGI the hugeness of the character that's already created for you that's already alive in a, in a, the comic series and all that kind of stuff but for me watching his acting and those little little choices that I loved there is one of my favorite comments on reddit because of course i watch these things and then i read all about it on reddit um was from the the thanos did nothing wrong subreddit uh where they're like this the story of uh, a a nice farmer who was just you know trying to take care of his cactus farm on another planet who got rudely like taken down french revolution style and just like it was so good oh my god <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It's it was it was well done. I, I yeah. Um, I, I I think it was well worth the the journey. Is there anything we wanted to touch on before we wrap up? Well, you said you I, six Oscars. Um, I I feel like maybe even more. Like I um. It evokes a little bit of like the experience of going to go see Titanic, which was so huge. And then also the love story and also the characters and all that kind of stuff. Titanic had 14 Oscar nominations. I'm going to predict that Endgame gets 15. Pretty bold. I think it gets a lot of nominations, but not a lot of wins. Uh, right. Probably I would no, agree with probably that. No, probably no wins. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> To me, the Oscar, the Downey, Rudd, and I, Downey and Rudd for sure. Uh, I think maybe Karen Gilliam. I would like to see. I think there's a director nomination in there too, and I think a bunch of special effects and costume stuff. I could see it winning some special effects ones. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's not new for the genre, though. I, know, I hope exactly. that. I hope that like. Because Black Panther still has that thing with it, where it's like, well, did they do this because of the movie or? Yeah. The political stance of the movie so i still want it to break through and and do well in the oscars but we'll see who cares yeah um i i would have liked uh just some confirmation of whether or not gamora was snapped or not but i suppose they're still saving that for guardians of the galaxy 
Well, she was she was like as uh, Hulk said though. She definitely came, not. Like yeah, he Natasha. If Natasha is dead, then Gamora is dead by rules of Soul, Soul Stone. No, I, I I mean the the new the, the past Gamora, alternate timeline Gamora, when the rest of Thanos' army got snapped. Like where's she? The oh, theory yeah. is, I think that Guardians Three will be some like time like villain that's trying to capture Gamora that's like because she's out of the timeline she's like yeah, not, exactly. the only person that's not supposed to be in it yeah okay that's fine that's my theory I, I agree with that one and I understand but even just like a shot of her like still existing would be, it, it would have made the hype better for me hmm. <laughs> all right uh so uh in closing, kind of tell us what you're up to again. How do we find you? I'm on YouTube, the bottom line view, talking NFL. Right now, still doing the results and recap of the draft. You can follow me on Twitter at Mitch Milani, M-I-L-A-N-I. Anyone else? Uh, okay, uh, once again, the Fringe Festival is coming up in September from the 5th to the 15th. I know the dates this time. Uh, we're doing over 100 plays. All proceeds go to the artist. And if even if you don't want to support artists with your money, come and volunteer for us. Yay. Uh, you get to network with cool people, get to work with people in the industry. And I'm Jennifer Casson, uh, spelled K-A-S-U-N. You can find me on most platforms that way and occasionally misfire CU. I will be coming at you in a embarrassing commercial on your TV screen that nobody under 30 watches. See you there. <laughs> no. uh, and I'm at KVOLE. I am not on a TV that, um, that uh, anyone under 30 watches. I have a face for radio. Uh, you can subscribe on all platforms. Powercast 97.9 Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Etc. Etc. Well, this was great. I really enjoyed this. I, I love that we got in depth. Makes me feel good as a movie watcher that we did that. Um, and I hope the audience enjoyed this as well. We thank everyone for listening, and we will talk to you all very soon. Bye for thank now. Thank you.